Hello everyone, my name is Phil Gamage and welcome to the Downtown Music Collective. Today I'll be discussing and reviewing film, music, there'll be a little live performance, and as usual, a couple of surprises. So let's get started. The New, Duran Jones and the Indications. The album is Private Space, released in 2021, produced by the band and recorded at Diamond Mind Studio in New York, New York. If you like 1970s soul music and early disco, you'll love this album. I hear heavy influences from the music of the Philadelphia International Record Label, Artists like the Stylistics and the OJs. The band instrumentation is classic 70s soul, with most songs having a sexy, laid-back groove. This band is blessed with two outstanding lead singers, Duran Jones and drummer Aaron Frazier. Frazier's falsetto takes a little getting used to, but when I did, I came to really like it. Think of the Bee Gees' Barry Gibb and the 1970s soul hit Love on a Two-Way Street from the band The Moments. Yeah, you know that one. Everybody remembers that one, right? Uh, some find the sameness of the songs here to get tiresome, but not me. All are so strong that I have no issue with it. I'm a huge fan of this style of music from its original era, and this band does a terrific job of taking that style and expanding and updating it while at the same time paying tribute to its origins. I don't know much about the inner politics of this band. Frazier has been signed to another label and has released his own solo album, so I'm not sure exactly what the future holds for them. But regardless, Private Space is one of my favorite albums of 2021 and a message to Mr. Aaron Frazier. The Indications are a great band. Don't leave them. Standout tracks. The Way That I Do. This is a very Bee Gees influenced song. It reminds me a lot of Night Fever off of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Love Will Work It Out. And the title track private space. This one features a great vocal performance from Frazier. So get your 70s soul groove on and give this album a spin, will ya? The Old Life from the Cardigans Released in 1995 on Minty Fresh Records, produced by Tor Johansson. This is a great pop album originating from a country well known for its great pop bands. Sweden, Land of Abba. It was an international success, particularly in Japan where it went platinum. Vocalist Nina Person has the perfect voice for this style of music, and she reminds me at times of Blondie's Debbie Harry. 
And that, my friends, is a good thing. The instrumentation is a basic rock lineup, guitar, keyboards, drums, and bass. However, producer Johansson has added a lot of embellishments to the sound, all to good advantage. Some of the songs border on 1960s sunshine pop a little bit, but overall the production is modern for its era, the mid-90s. It's hard to believe this record will be 30 years old in not too long a time. The songs are generally all upbeat and peppy, and the arrangements and production are quirky in a good way. It easily could be overly artsy, but it isn't. The tunes are extremely hooky, as the best pop music always is. Life is one of my favorite pop albums of the 1990s, and it has aged extremely well. The Forgotten Velvet Underground, live 1969 on Mercury Records, released 1974. Let's go back to 1974 a minute. After the success of Lou Reed's albums Rock and Roll Animal and Transformer, a lot of record labels were scrambling to reissue the Velvet Underground catalog to try to cash in on Reed's new popularity and big record sales. Most of Reed's new fans had never heard of the Velvet Underground, just Lou's recent and successful solo records of the early and mid-70s. One of these labels was Mercury Records, who acquired some live Velvet Underground tapes from performances in San Francisco and Dallas, recorded in 69. They edited these tapes and released them as a two-album collection called Live 1969. The sound quality is a little rough at times, but generally, for a live album, it was acceptable. It presents a very relaxed performance from the band, singing all the classic songs Royed wrote with the Velvet Underground. The playing is loose, and it is fun. It doesn't sound like a concert performance, because it wasn't. It was recorded at an intimate nightclub, and it has that intimate feel. Reed's singing is solid throughout. In later years, it wasn't always that way. And he and Sterling Morrison's guitar playing is on fire throughout the whole album. Standout tracks. What Goes On, Sweet Jane. This is the original slower version that Lou wrote with the bridge. A version came out on the studio album Loaded maybe a year after this live tape was recorded. And as you know, that bridge was deleted. White Light, White Heat, Over You. This is a nice ballad. Always like this song, kind of quiet sounding. In the raucous, we're gonna have a real good time together. In the 2010s, the complete show of the San Francisco recordings used for live 1969 were released separately as the complete Matrix tapes. I don't believe the complete live shows from Dallas have ever been officially released, but they are out there and they can be tracked down as bootlegs if you really want to find them. I've heard them and they're great. This album is kind of a best of those two uh, live recordings. They cherry pick what they felt were the best songs 
and combine it into one two-album set. Also, as a footnote, if you can ever get a hold of a used vinyl version of the original 1974 release, make sure you read those excellent liner notes written by musician Elliot Murphy. This is my song, Ride with Railroad Bill. It appears on my album, Use Man for Sale.
cinema, film, movies. Let's talk about the other one, The Long Strange Trip of Bob Weir from 2014, directed by Mike Fleiss. This one's on Netflix. This is a documentary film about the well-known rhythm guitarist and vocalist from The Grateful Dead. It covers his life story starting with growing up in California and his introduction to playing music as a teenager. From there, it focuses mostly on his involvement as a musician in The Grateful Dead and onward to 2014. I found Weir to be portrayed as a generally likable person in this film. I am not a deadhead by any means, but I am a fan of the band's work during the Pigpen era up to about 1973. If you have any interest in the dead or even just music and the culture from that era, you'll enjoy this film. Weir's story is unique and it is a strange trip he's taken in the world of music. What are some things I like about the long, strange trip of Bob Weir? You get an in-depth look at Weir's friendship and working relationship with Jerry Garcia. Nowhere else can you hear this story through Bob Weir's eyes. Their relationship evolved and changed during the years, and you get a full sense of what it was like. You get an in-depth look at the inner workings of the Grateful Dead organization, which I found extremely interesting, how they were able to keep their band together for 30 years through numerous setbacks. A companion film is Long Strange Trip from 2017. This is the four-hour documentary that focuses on the history of the Grateful Dead, less on Weir, more about Garcia, and not so much just the individual musicians, but more the phenomenon that the Grateful Dead were. If you want to dig deeper into the Grateful Dead story, that one is a must-see. Hey friends, it's time for a song. I'm going to take you out with my tune, Let Love Begin. This was recorded for my album, It's All Real Good. I've been waiting all my life for this moment.
We'll see you next time on the Downtown Music Collective.